and the meeting is now being recorded. Are we all here? I'm call to order the uh, meeting of the San Francisco Urban Forestry Council for Friday, September 23rd. Uh, the time is currently 838. Um, Kyle, uh, if you'd like to uh, do roll. Great. Thank you, Chair Sullivan. Due to the COVID-19 health emergency and to protect council members, department staff, and members of the public, Urban Forestry Council meetings will be virtual until further notice. This precaution is taken pursuant to the statewide stay-at-home order and all proceeding and proceeding local, state, and federal orders, declarations, and directives. Council members will attend the meeting through video conference or by telephone if the video fails and participate in the meeting to the same extent as if they were physically present. Unless speaking, please mute your audio to minimize background noise. Please remember to unmute yourself if you wish to speak. Please note that there are no cell phones, pagers, and similar devices can still happen ritually and is still prohibited. Please ensure your devices are silent. Public comment will be available on each item on the agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Public comment can be made in the following ways. First, participants calling into the meeting via telephone may dial star three to be added to the speaker queue. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your TV or radio. Second, participants watching the meeting via personal computer may indicate a desire to comment by clicking on the raise hand symbol in the WebEx participant panel. And third, members of the public may also submit a comment via email to environment at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the members and will be included as part of the official file. I will now call the roll. Chair Sullivan. Here. Vice Chair Crawford. Here. Member Lachin is excused. Member Keller. Member Keller is absent. Member Vese Favel is excused. Member Poloni. Here. Member Nagel is excused. Member Sochil. Here. Member Sullivan. Here. Member Spiegelman. Present. Member Salvadori. Member Salvadori is absent. Member Tran. Here. Member Potter. Here. Member Stringer. Uh, Member Stringer is excused. Chair Sullivan, we have a quorum. On to item two, um, chairs, welcome and land acknowledgement. Uh, thanks everyone for attending. Um, <clears throat> um, one of the things in the one of the last um, planning and funding meetings, we talked. Eva and I talked a little bit at the meeting and then offline about trying to um, keep our both our uh, planning and funding as well as the full council's meetings, trying to keep the agendas, you know, a little bit tighter. 
so that we can have, um, I think, you know, we're trying to respect everybody's time. I think some of the last couple of meetings that have gone on for, um, you know, several multiple hours, um, I think there was a lot of good discussion, but I think we're trying to be a little more targeted. So if anyone has input and or thoughts on that, please feel free to reach out. But again, trying, I think, to have like maybe one big agenda item and then a couple of there's other smaller items. Um, and then the other another thing I would just wanted to say as part of the um, uh, item is that we're, we're also looking at ways to try to really be a little bit more, um, I think, action oriented. I'm hoping I'm assuming we still have. Um, uh, item um, 6 on for today with Brian presenting. Um, and I think that's going to be a, hopefully some good conversation and a nice way to kind of tie into some of the ongoing conversations we've had about uh, long-term goals for the council and things like tree funding and supporting other um, agencies and affiliated uh, uh, groups well, like FUF would be, I think, a, a, good, a good use of our time. So looking forward to that. Um, with that, if you want, um, Kyle, if you would, uh, wouldn't mind reading the land acknowledgement. And then roll into item three. Great. The Urban Forestry Council acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and to affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples. We honor the Ramatushaloni for their enduring commitment to steward Mother Earth. We recognize that the Ramatushaloni have lived in harmony with nature for millennia, and that to achieve a truly ecologically sustainable future for San Francisco, we must embrace indigenous traditional ecological knowledge and how we care for the city's lands, waters, and all its people. Um, and before we move on to the next item, we'll just have to take public comment, just one moment. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And I'll pause for a moment while the access code is displayed on the screen. And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. The next agenda item is item three, review and vote on whether to approve resolution file 2022-09-UFC, resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code section 54953E. The speaker is Kyle Wainer, Commissioner Affairs Officer. Explanatory document is resolution file 2022-09-UFC. This item is for discussion and action. The council will discuss and consider adoption of a resolution making findings that government code section 54953E requires in order to allow the council to hold meetings remotely as currently required under local law without complying with certain ground act requirements. I will move approval. Second.
public comment. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And see no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. With the chair's permission, I will now call the roll. Chair Sullivan. Aye. Vice Chair Crawford. Aye. Member Lachin is excused. Member Keller. Member Keller is absent. Member Vese Favell is excused. Mem Member Poloni. Aye. Member Nagel is excused. Member Sochil. Aye. Member Sullivan. Aye. Member Spiegelman. Aye. Member Salvadori. Member Salvadori is absent. Member Trang. Aye. Member Potter. Aye. Member Stringer. The motion passes. With the chair's permission, we can proceed to the next item. Yeah, please proceed. Okay, the next item is item four, adoption of minutes of the August 23rd, 2022 Urban Forestry Council meeting. The explanatory document is the August 23rd, 2022 draft minutes. This item is for discussion and action. Move to approve. Second. With the chair's permission, we can open it up to public comment. Yeah, please do. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue for those already on in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. With the chair's permission, I will now call the roll. Chair Sullivan? Aye. Vice Chair Crawford? Aye. Member Lachin is excused. Member Keller? Member Keller is absent. Member Reyce Favell is excused. Member Poloni? 
Aye. Member Nagel is excused. Member Sochil? Aye. Member Sullivan? Aye. Member Spiegelman? Aye. Member Salvadori? Member Salvadori is absent. Member Trang? Aye. Member Potter? Aye. Member Stringer? Aye. The motion passes. And with the chair's permission, we can proceed to the next item. You might be muted. Yeah, I, or Sullivan. Are you able to hear me? Yep, we yes. can hear you now, Chair Sullivan. Sorry, yeah. Uh, the next item is general public comment. Members of the public may address the council on matters that are within the council's jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue. For those already on the hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. With the chair's permission, we can proceed to the next item. Yes, let's proceed, please. Oh. All right, the next item is item six, presentation and discussion on long-term funding and planting strategies for tree planting in San Francisco. The speaker is Brian Wiedemeyer, Executive Director of Friends of the Urban Forest. This item is for presentation and discussion. You're still muted, Brian. Yes. Good morning, Chair Sullivan and concert uh, council members. Um, and thank you, Kyle, for helping me set up. Uh, with your permission, I will uh, lead with a presentation that I prepared. I have a brief slide deck uh, exploring sort of the current state of funding for tree planting in, in San Francisco and uh, possible near to long term strategies and opportunities. So um, bear with me for one moment while I begin to share my screen. Great. Okay, I am going to begin presenting. Um, I will uh, assume uh, your format will allow me to take questions and you'll have discussion at the end, but if you need to interject, please unmute because I can only see myself and Kyle. <laughs> great, so my name is Brian Wiedenmeyer. I've had the great honor and privilege of being the executive director of Friends of the Urban Forest for just over a year now. And in that time, I've had the opportunity to um, really assess the landscape here in San Francisco for uh, the work that we do and the opportunities to increase impact. I think as we all would agree, uh, San Francisco's urban forest canopy is in um, at best uh, a place of stasis and needs to move toward uh, growth if we're to meet the climate challenges uh, ahead of us. So. What is that current state? I, and I, uh, um, with credit to Vice Chair Crawford and his colleagues at the Bureau of Urban Forestry, I stole uh, an infographic from their website um, 
around uh, what do we need if we're going to be, if we're able to achieve the goals set out in the urban, current urban forestry plan. $8 million annually is the estimate. This is a couple of years old. So I would, I would add maybe half a million or a couple hundred thousand to that. Um, current state of funding, this is still, and I, I know Nick is going to be presenting more on this in the following item. Uh, this is still roughly the balance with some extra funds either carried over or added back through the budget process from the Board of Supervisors. So we have a gap. Um, a considerable gap that is not currently allowing us to achieve planting at a level, planting and care at a level that would put us in line to achieve the goals of the urban forestry plan. Um, and just uh, a note at the bottom, average cost to plant and establish a tree, the money uh, that we need and the resources that we need, uh, as you can see, don't go so much into the planting, although there are direct expenses for planting. It is really the labor and the cost of watering and caring for those young trees. And as we know, um, that is essential, especially as our climate continues to uh, heat up and our current extreme drought continues. So uh, I'm going to kind of um, divide this up at uh, starting with levels of public funding and opportunities that are currently on the horizon. And we'll uh, close this presentation with a suggestion or an opportunity for this body to act and have some influence uh, on the current state of affairs. So. <clears throat> The big exciting news this year uh, is that for the first time, there is a significant opportunity for federal funding for urban forestry. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was signed into law by President Biden just a little over a month ago, I believe, um, provides 1.5 billion over nine years, specifically earmarked for urban and community forestry. This is, to my knowledge, um, and federal advocates and national advocates have, have shared really the, the first large investment in community urban forestry um, at this level in our nation's history. Uh, this grant program will be administered by the US Forest Service. Uh, municipalities and partner agencies or nonprofits will be eligible to apply. Um, we expect, uh, the guidelines have not yet been released, but we expect, based on the language in the bill, a very strong equity and environmental justice focus for this grant program. So San Francisco will need to be ready to apply with projects, um, especially while we have the good fortune of strong congressional representation uh, in the House of Representatives in the United States Senate. Um, guidelines and timing timelines are, are to be determined. Um, I will be uh, attending a couple of conferences this fall where the US Forest Service is going to be present. And my top goal for those conversations and those opportunities is to get a better sense of the timeline for this funding to be released. But uh, this is substantial and uh, Friends of the Urban Forest stands ready to partner with Bureau of Urban Forestry and others to make sure that uh, San Francisco is well positioned to receive some of this money. At the state level, uh, currently CAL FIRE has a urban forestry community, urban and community forestry grant program. It is funded by uh, carbon cap and trade dollars. Uh, Friends of the Urban Forest has successfully applied for and received four of these grants, which in our current budget amounts um, in kind of the rolling cycles, multiple grants are open and we're working on them in tandem, about 1.5 million annually for us for planting in approved equity focused zones. And CAL FIRE's uh, measure for determining those zones is the CAL Enviro screen tool. I know some of you are familiar with that tool and you're familiar with um, what that means for where we are able to plant as part of those grants. It does um, limit our planting area to uh, those approved census tracts. Uh, there are some additional potential funding opportunities that uh, exist in the recent slew of climate bills that were signed into law by Governor Newsom. 
we are still working with our partners at California Relief and other folks at the state level to dig in and figure out exactly what those might look like and where those opportunities are. One thing we do, one program we do know that will be funded at a significant level that I hope San Francisco can take advantage of is a schoolyard greening program. Um, had some preliminary conversations with SFUSD. Don Kamalanathan, who some of you may know, um, is the head of facilities and has a strong interest in this program. So I'm hopeful that we'll be able to take advantage of that and do some planting um, and remove some concrete uh, on the many SFUSD properties that exist throughout the city. Um, so yeah, we're working with California Relief. The other piece of this uh, that has been in the news a lot, um, you know, the target goals are for the Cal state of California to become carbon neutral in um, 20 years, I believe, and carbon sequestration and carbon capture are going to be a big part of that. Uh, what's gotten all the headlines are new technologies uh, for carbon capture and sequestration. Of course, we know that planting and caring for trees is the best, most proven technology for carbon capture and sequestration. We just are at the moment uncertain about what that means for funding at the state level. Um, but we do know that actually another, the budget sur state budget surplus has helped. There will be another round of CAL FIRE grants announced probably um, this fall, which we are preparing for, and they may focus on um, establishment care. So funding for watering and tree care, um, especially again, given our drought conditions. So locally, uh, what um, what is the picture locally in San Francisco? San Francisco voters did a beautiful thing in 2016 by approving Prop E that established street tree SF, transferred ownership of our street trees to uh, the city and county uh, from the adjacent property owner and um, dedicated a portion of the general fund for their care and maintenance. Um, but we did not solve the problem of money for street, plant, street tree planting. Uh, a small percentage of the annual Prop K transportation sales tax is used to fund street tree planting. And Nick's gonna talk more about that. Prop K reauthorization is on the ballot this fall. Um, and we will see whether uh, San Francisco voters have the appetite to extend that sales tax and hopefully continue some small amount of funding um, from our Prop K transportation sales tax for street tree planting. But that's really it when it comes to uh, dedicated sources of funding for planting. Um, we, uh, we being uh, myself and friends of the urban forest and other climate advocates and labor um, convened uh, earlier at the beginning of this year and in the spring to try to figure out if we could put some funding behind San Francisco's climate action plan. So the city led by the Department of the Environment uh, released a climate action plan in November of 2021. Healthy ecosystems is one of the six sectors along with uh, buildings, you know, waste, transportation, housing, um, that 08100 roots framework. Um, uh, the plan was released. It's an amazing plan. It has no funding behind it. So an early uh, attempt at that was to put a carbon emissions tax on the ballot for this November. Uh, Supervisor Mars office convened a working group. It was exciting. We had labor at the table, um, interested in green jobs, climate advocates like uh, Sunrise Movement, 350 Bay Area. I know Poder was there. Um, uh, we failed. Uh, the initial polling was not promising for this more progressive revenue vehicle. Um, we, we estimate the portion of this tax that would have funded in the expenditure plan tree planting would have generated between 5 and 7.5 million annually. So uh, you can see, given that 8 million gap, um, why, or the 8 million annual need, why we were excited. Um, we then tried to go to uh, the hey, mayor. Brian, yeah, sorry. Brian, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, can you speculate, uh, like, 
what do you think the resistance was? Is it like oh. the hesitance for new taxes or, or taxes on large commercial buildings right now um, uh, that are not that that are uh, heated by natural gas or use natural gas? If you look at the building stock in San Francisco, those buildings are larger, older commercial buildings and hotels. And at this moment in downtown's recovery, uh, the polling was very negative about or it was very responsive, I should say, to the counter message of a tax, a carbon emissions tax on large commercial buildings would harm San Francisco's recovery when it comes to tourism and when it comes to uh, the office sector. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It, was there generally positive response on, on the purposes of the, yeah. of the funds? Like the expenditure plan got uh, great reviews and is popular. And again, so often as the case, San Franciscans um, we have strong values towards climate. We're progressive when it comes to wanting to be solutions focused. When you get to the nitty gritty about how you're going to pay for it, um, that's where we get, uh, we don't always agree or we don't have so much unity um, outlook. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for interrupting. Um, so that left us with no, no set aside money in the general fund for this budget cycle. Uh, the mayor did not propose substantial funding for tree planting. Um, so we tried to then, uh, use the Board of Supervisors legislative process, the add back process to get citywide money for street tree planting. We asked for 5 million. Uh, the initial drafts of the board's add back uh, recommendations put us at 500,000 for the year, this fiscal year. And then that was wiped out altogether. Uh, the Department of the Environment um, did receive a little over $2 million in add back funding to help staff and establish uh the building retrofit work um so getting buildings off of natural gas and onto electricity um so what are some of the potential sources so i mentioned this climate action plan the department of the environment is convening a group uh led by some consultants um to figure out the funding strategy we just met yesterday on the um healthy ecosystems uh portion of this i think some of the council members present were also present in that convening um, the draft recommendation right now for a near-term um, strategy for funding tree planting and this healthy ecosystem sector is a parcel tax on, uh, so a real estate tax um, that would provide, um, I believe they said uh, up to $25 million annually um, for a variety of strategies, but including street tree planting. Um, they're, you know, getting back to this idea of how do these different revenue sources poll, what's regressive and what's progressive, um, a parcel tax in the next two to three years. There is another parcel tax on the ballot, by the way, in the November to fun help fund City College. So um, I think there is general concern about taxation fatigue among the voters, and we're going to have a lot more data points come uh, post-November about what the electorate's appetite is for additional revenue in the form of various taxes. Another option and something that was discussed yesterday at the um, CAP Healthy Ecosystem Sector Funding Convening was uh, going big and uh, putting forth a large general obligation bond measure that would combine a variety of the CAP sectors uh, for funding. Uh, so that we would go big and we would do it in one shot and we would borrow from the future to pay for the urgent needs of the present to invest in climate solutions. If we take the content of the climate action plan seriously, we know that the need to act was 20 years ago, but uh, now it, you know, now is the best time that we have. Um, we should be investing big now um, and sooner the better. Uh, the barriers to making that happen, one, 
San Francisco has reached its cap, its own cap within the city charter of the amount of borrowing it's able to take on through the issuance of general obligation bonds. So we would first, if we were going to um, raise that ceiling locally, we would need to go to the voters to amend the city charter um, to raise that ceiling. And you could specify specifically for climate um, bond measures. Um, uh, but that would need to be done first before we went forward with a big geo bond. The other barrier right now is that under California state law, general obligation bonds may be issued and may be spent only on capital expenditures. So in some, many, many components of the climate action plan uh, would qualify building retrofitting, certainly transportation projects, housing um, and trees, tree planting is a capital expense, uh, but operating expenses, the ongoing staffing to administer those programs would not qualify. So another path toward making this a possible uh, strategy locally would be to go through Sacramento to amend state law to allow um, municipalities or other special districts within certain circumstances to use geo bond money for operating. Um, so what do we need to achieve either of these or any of these? We need grass tops and grassroots. That's how we make change in San Francisco. Uh, grassroots of coalition building, of bringing together some of those uh, stakeholders I talked about earlier, labor, uh, community organizations, neighborhood groups, uh, folks who, the broad swath of folks across San Francisco who care about climate. We need that grassroots and we need grass tops leadership, um, starting with the mayor's office and of course, including the board of supervisors. I wanna call out some of the champions we have on the current board, certainly supervisor Gordon Marr, supervisor Raphael Mandelman have been um, very interested in pursuing some of these strategies, but we would need more than just them and we would need the mayor. Um, so just I wanted to also uh, you know, note uh, public dollars are not the only dollars that can go towards planting trees and, and Friends of the Urban Forest as a 501c3 nonprofit can um, receive contributed revenue to achieve our mission and goals. And so our annual goal for contributed revenue this year in our budget is 1.5 million. Um, that comes from large and small individual donors, the corporate sector and private foundations. One note I want to make here, um, I think when I talk about funding for street tree planting in San Francisco, almost without fail, somebody says, get Mark Benioff and Salesforce to pay for it. They've got, you know, this, if you're following Salesforce's um, climate and resiliency initiatives, sustainability initiatives, big supporters of the Trillion Tree uh, framework, you know, companies like Williams-Sonoma have committed to planting several million trees. So far, those commitments and those, those great bold words from the corporate sector have not resulted in significant local funding, um, really, despite our best efforts. And trust me, um, we have asked and, and have uh, made inroads with some of those companies. So um, I am here to offer you all, as the Urban Forestry Council, um, a possible role to play in, um, in, this, in this framework. Um, we need a champion. You, you all know better than I do the, the limits of your abilities as a council and as a um, advisory body. Um, but um, I, I, would, I would humbly offer that this body could support a formal resolution to the Board of Supervisors and the mayor to invest in tree planting during the next budget cycle. So even before we go to the ballot for dedicated revenue um, to urge the mayor to put um, dedicated funding from the general fund in her next budget um, and then work with other stakeholders, again, grassroots and grass tops towards a dedicated revenue source for tree planting. That is the extent of my presentation. And I'm gonna to need to figure out how to, okay, I'm gonna stop sharing. Great.
Thank you. Thanks for your time and attention, and I'm happy to take questions. Thank, thank you, Brian. Thanks for uh, it was good. Great to, to hear all the um, um, all the, the information on the various levels of from uh, from federal to local on the, your your funding strategies and options. Um, for the on the local for the bond that you guys are that you've been that's being discussed at the uh, I'm assuming through the Department of the Environment. What um, what is the um, uh, what would do you guys have targets and thinking about if you're going to really go big what the what those dollars would be and then also what the kind of time cycle to, to actually get it you know if you have to raise a cap and the, and then actually get the, the bond decided as well thanks chair sullivan it's a good question um the identified funding needs uh for, to enact all aspects of the climate action plan Somebody from DOE, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's in the it's, it's certainly in the tens of billions, and I think it approaches um, 100 billion dollars um, uh, in in needs over the coming years if we're going to meet that target. So we are talking about a geo bond, certainly in the billions, um, and depending on what's included in that. If if you you know, I think there's a bit lot of discussion about would you do housing separately and take that sector out. Um, both for, um, you know, to build consensus, but also to reduce some of that cost it would be in the billions. Um, I think there is also broad agreement that getting on the ballot by November of 2024 would be important. Um, 2024 being a presidential election year, there's high turnout. There's often a better chance at um, uh, approving measures like this on those years. So um, it would need, you know, at the state level, we need to pursue in the next legislative session. Um, and then locally, if there's also some conversation about whether uh, lifting the ceiling on borrowing, the borrowing limit in the city charter could be done simultaneously with this bond measure. You know, you do a one, two vote yes on Prop A and Prop B, or you'd need to do it in an election before and then go in the next ballot. Hey, Brian, I'm Mike Sullivan here. I have a question for you, but. Um... First, I want to say I think it's a, a fantastic idea to have this group um, approve a resolution to put dedicated street funding into the next budget cycle. So very supportive of that. But my question is, there's one other idea for um, street tree funding that didn't come up, and that's that's a set aside, sort of like Prop E in 2016, which passed with 80% of the vote, if our memory if memory serves. So has that come up as, as a possible idea? And if it was batted down, I just wonder wonder why. Yeah, general fund set aside that that's what you're absolutely right. What we used in 2016 for property for maintenance and care. Um, the problem, of course, with any general fund set aside is that the you are not increasing the size of the pie of available funds. You are taking another slice of that pie. And so um, when we talk about general fund set asides, there is rarely enthusiasm, I will say, from city administration, particularly the mayor's office, because uh, the city needs unallocated general funds or unrestricted general fund dollars to do lots of different things. Um, and there's no guarantee uh, that there will be revenue to set aside, right? You are counting on extra unrestricted funds in the general fund being there in, in perpetuity to make that happen. So um, it, it's been talked about. It's an option. It doesn't require us to raise taxes. It, um, it may struggle to receive the support of some of those grass tops pieces that I was talking mm -hmm. about. Okay, thank you. Uh, 
Hi, hi, this is Lou Stringer. Um, thank you for your great presentation and the clarity and, and also your leadership um, on this. This is great. And I have a couple questions. One is, um, do you feel like a bond measure, if passed in in entirety, would accelerate the the planting or would it be spread out over a long period of time? And if it was shortened, is there even capacity to, to implement such a thing if it was on a short scale? That's my first question. And then of all of the funding opportunities that you presented, do you have a few that you're feeling like you're, you're putting your energy towards? Where, where do you feel like the excitement is? Those are both great questions, Lou. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much for, for asking both of them. Um, the, you know, the difference between the bond uh, local funding option of a bond versus a you know a dedicated revenue source is that you, when you issue a bond, you get the money. You're, you're borrowing a money in a sense um, from investors, and then the city will be paying them back with interest over time, of course. And so you get the money all up front, and it allows you to do big things more quickly. And it would require, I think, you're absolutely right to point out a scaling up of our efforts, um, certainly at the city level. Um, within the Department of Public Works and the Bureau of Urban Forestry, but also our partners across the city, um, Rec and Park, uh, PUC, uh, SFUSD, and the Presidio Trust. Even you know, I think this this is going to take everybody, um, along with nonprofit and community partners like Friends of the Urban Forest and others. So um, it's a challenge, but I, I would like to think that given the funding and the resources over a couple of years, we'd be up to it. And um, uh, you know, the tax on another, on the other hand, would allow us to ramp up those efforts, you know, a little bit more gradually, but it would provide that dedicated revenue annually um, uh, for whatever the length of the, the tax measure is. And then your second question, you're going to have to remind me quickly. <laughs> um, of all of the, the possible resources that are coming, do you, do you feel you have your finger to the wind on what might be effective there? I'm really excited to find out what the Forest Service is going to do with this 1.5 billion dollars. I think we're all kind of holding our breath to see what this grant program looks like and what the size of those grants will be and what the term will be. So there is money we know is coming, and it's coming hopefully within the next year. Um, and we just need to be poised. You know, is that going to be a five million dollar grant? Is it going to be a 25 million dollar grant? You know, there's 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 big question marks around that. And I, I do think San Francisco is well positioned to demonstrate both need. And our potential to deliver impact um, through a grant program like that. So I'm excited about that. I think um, the other piece that is, and then there's big question marks still about what's happening with new state carbon carbon sequestration funding. Um, but but you know, on the local level, the exciting thing about the potential for a large general obligation bond is the ability to bring together different aspects of our community that don't necessarily talk about. Our urban forest or don't necessarily talk about something kind of wonky like building decarbonization uh, but to bring us together across those different areas of interest in common purpose and really you know rise to the challenge that we face when it comes to climate uh, mitigation and resiliency so it's a big it's going to be a big boulder to push but if we could do it wow um what a powerful statement for san francisco and, um, this is Spencer Potter from Reckon Park. Um, I have a question. Uh, what makes you optimistic that we're, we in San Francisco would be competitive for those Forest Service dollars? I'm just trying to put myself in their position. If I was trying to 
get the biggest bang for the buck in terms of carbon sequestration or something like that in terms of planting trees. Um, I, I'm wondering whether it would be, I, I mean, I, I, obviously I don't wanna, I mean, I want, I'm for San Francisco here, but, um, but uh, you know, are they, would it be easier for them to to look elsewhere where there's fewer obstacles, you know, that were less urban density, things like that? Um, what makes you think that we would be competitive for those dollars? Well, it all depends on how the Forest Service decides to measure impact. Thanks for the question. You know, it could be in pounds of carbon sequestered, like Cal Fire does at the state level. It could be in, you know, it could be shade provided or canopy coverage. So what makes me think we'd be competitive is that, as you know, probably we have, I think, 13 or 14% canopy coverage, one of the lowest amounts of any major city. And with you know, I think relative to benefit for dollar, particularly when it comes to shade. Um, I'm thinking about heat island um, uh, cooling and shade impacts for um, for impacted communities, underforested communities. San Francisco has enormous opportunity, and um, the demographics and and you know uh, background characteristics of neighborhoods that stand to benefit the most, I think, would make us really competitive. Now, you know, obviously there are the, the you know the, the the physical challenges of our our density when it comes to utilities, when it comes to curb cuts and available planning space. That's something that needs to be addressed. But um, I hope we can be creative. You know, you know, street trees and you know, are we could we combine a backyard tree program with it? Um, could we go big on replacement trees as part of this grant program? Um, yeah, I'm optimistic. I guess. And then also just to to say that you know, I think maybe Bureau of Urban Forestry and, and Public Works and certainly Friends of the Urban Forest and others have done more thinking about what it's going to take. We have an urban forestry plan in place that a lot of other cities don't have. Um, we have sort of the roadmap to what could make us successful. Um, we've done that thinking already. Andrew Sullivan here again. Um, um, on that, um, kind of building on that, um, as, as far as it relates to the U.S. Forest Service um, potential for um, funding, is there um, are there um, uh, folks working currently on kind of that SF Project Ready program? Because I think that, as you said, I think there's a lot of equity issues that could really be served in in that um, funding and I think the you know canopy coverage is there's a lot of angles that I think SF could really build on and I want to know I was curious who who and how we can maybe kind of help figure out what those groups are and what those projects are and kind of have a coherent story to tell when it's ready. Thanks Chair Sullivan. I don't want to speak for Vice Chair Crawford, but um I have had some preliminary conversations with interim director Short about um how we could position ourselves strongly. Um, I think uh, some of the, the mapping and GIS work that we've done lays the groundwork for this. Um, some of the priority communities we've already identified in our current state grants. Um, I am thinking that I would draw heavily from the, the successful proposals that we've put together for CAL FIRE, for instance, in the past that do address priority communities and, and um, have a strong focus on tree canopy equity. Um, I think maybe that, that if there's a missing piece that I think we need to be thinking about now and need to be working on now is, is there an innovation component to this that that gives us an edge? Um, and that's why I brought up something like backyard trees or, um, you know, a focus on replacement trees and, and empty basins. Um, what, you know, beyond just the formula that we already know works, is there an innovation piece that we can bring to the table that will set us apart? I, I think that's the conversation and some of the thought that I'm 
I'm interested in right now, and um, I, I'm sure Bureau of Urban Forestry is too. I um, on that note of of an innovation piece, I wonder how um, landscape uh, or sidewalk gardening fits into this, um, especially when we're talking about carbon sequestration and and tree planting. Um, it really is an entire ecosystem that sequesters carbon, not just a single tree. So it's an ecosystem working together. So the most we can we can restore little patches, you know, even just in our sidewalk um, basins, I think the better. Um, and also issues of people not wanting their um, security cameras blocked by a tree. <laughs> they can plant beautiful flowering native plants, you know, right in front of their homes, and we can include them in this movement of, of greening and um, permeability, um, tie that in with some of SFPUC's goals um, and really, you know, think of, of trees as part of a holistic ecosystem that has, you know, the, the multiple layers of habitat from the vines to the shrubs to the grasses and wildflowers. Um, so I, I wonder, where your thinking is, Brian, where Fuff's thinking is, as far as as integrating the sidewalk planting program that you already have into some of this funding. I'd love to do that, Ildiko. Thanks for the question. At the federal level, again, it comes down to what the Forest Service grant guidelines decide they want to measure. If it's pounds of carbon sequestered, and they're they're very open to you know the pathways towards that. Absolutely, I would love to incorporate um, you know concrete removal for sidewalk gardens. Or if they're going to be measuring stormwater runoff diversion, great opportunity to put forward planting gardens. If it's if it's going to be shade, um, we'd have to get maybe a little bit more creative. You know, so it all depends, I think, on how they decide to measure and what guidelines they put forward, um, and we have to be responsive to that. Um, at the state level, we have just for everyone's information, in our most recent Cal Fire uh, planting grants, we have incorporated. Um, sidewalk gardens and landscaping as part of that grant program, and we will be, we are, we're going to kick off our first Cal Fire funded sidewalk garden project in the Bayview later this fall. I'm really excited about it. One last follow up on that. Um, do, do you have any sense about what the cycle or what the time frame is for the um, with re regard to the, um, uh, you know, the first of the nine year cycles on this? I would love to know, Chair Sullivan, this is my number one question, and this is why, you know, coming up in Seattle in November and in a couple other places, I'm going to be finding that U.S. Forest Service person, whoever it is that's administering this program and, um, uh, you know, cornering them to ask, ask that question. I would imagine that the federal government has a um, motivation to be move quickly um, to provide and demonstrate benefit from the Inflation Reduction Act. So um, I would imagine they want to move quickly, but that's federal government quickly. So I, you know, the, the time span of that is a little bit in question. So I don't know. I wish I had a better answer. I hope by next year, 2023, that we're talking about, here's the application cycle and deadlines and the funding timeline. Um, I wanted to mention a related issue to something we've talked about here a little bit. Um, so I think it's Healthy Ecosystems Supporting Action 1.2 calls for the city to create a municipal soil calculator and initiate an assessment for understanding the potential for lands and through various mechanisms to actually sequester carbon. Um, because, uh, you know, the question always comes up in my mind whenever this discussion happens is, I mean, in these grants and 
however this is going to be administered I, I imagine there's going to be some sort of reporting protocol or or some some place where we're going to have to state how many pounds of carbon we're sequestering and we don't have to my knowledge uh, a a a good mechanism for doing that reporting and that's one of the reasons that we put that 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 um, that supporting action into the cap um, so anyway I, I would encourage any approach to anything like this to to think about the municipal soil calculator or some other sort of mechanism to actually calculate sequestration value and potential into any any plan because i i i'm worried that people will focus so much on the sequestering without without actually measuring the sequestering and then we might run into a problem down the line Thanks for that, Spencer. That's a great point. Um, and this is where I have to admit my technical background is not in arboriculture. It's not in botany. I come from the advocacy world. Um, I do know the state grants from CAL FIRE that I mentioned, our impact is measured in pounds of carbon sequestered. Um, they have a very elaborate calculator at CAL FIRE that um, ca calculates pounds of carbon sequestered by tree species. It is focused on trees. Um, I, I do not know how robust that is when it comes to soil. And I would look to you all as experts to help me and um, us broadly at Friends of the Urban Forest and the community help make sure we're doing that right, I guess, because it's a it's a learning curve for me. Um, kind of on, that, on that a little bit, um, as far as kind of the, the folks we have here on the council, um, I'm, I'm assuming Mike, Michael Sullivan, uh, uh, Member Sullivan's probably in, been involved or in connected with some of the working groups at the Department of Environment, maybe, um, um, that are looking at the different cap options uh, for funding. But I, I'd love to be able to kind of engage, you know, the council more on on that in particular, because I think the cap, you know, is a great plan, and I was really disappointed to see the lack of funding behind it. So, you know, any way that we can help, kind of push on that, I, I'd love to participate, get the council involved. I do want to call out, I believe member Zochitl is a part of that funding advisory group. Um, I'm trying to think if anybody else that I recognize on the council is, is currently part of those conversations. Member Kwame, yes, thank you. Sorry, hi. I missed yesterday, but I, I am technically. So maybe it's just as easy as you know having a reporting out or kind of bringing that as an item, something that we can call kind of track and figure out ways to support. As far as also supporting, um, you know, your your goals, the with as far as the resolutions to both the board of supervisors and mayor, I, I think we would get uh, strong support from everybody on the council here to to do you know whatever resolutions we can. And I think that's a small way to kind of push voices forward. So I challenge everyone else on the council. It'll be interesting to see what other ways we can kind of come up with to um, vocalize support for all these various measures, both with ORFOP and other agencies within the city and the CAP, et cetera. Well, what would the next step be for the the adoption by this council of a resolution to support um, to support funding. Is that a future item? 
I would assume, yeah, that we might have to. It's not an action item today. I think we'd have to bring it as a future action item. I think we could draft it, um, get something drafted and circulated ahead of our next meeting at the uh, planning and funding, probably. Um, uh, we work with Jesus and um, and um, and Kyle to start developing that for both the board of suits as well as the mayor. And I think we try to keep it, you know, either, you know, there's a there's a couple of different topics related to that funding that I think we want to kind of hit on. I don't know if it's a single resolution for each of them, or maybe a couple, uh, you know, more than one for each of them. But we can we do that. We being a euphemism for Jesus. Great. Well, if there's um anyone else have any comments or questions, feel free. Otherwise, I want to thank thanks again, uh, Brian. I hope we have ongoing conversations between Fuff and ourselves. So, it's really thank you for having me. To... Yeah. And for public comment. I think if there's no more, you have public comment. Just one moment. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. Okay, and we do have one caller in the queue. Hello, caller, you're unmuted. Your three minutes begins now. Hi. Um, so Lance Carnes, can you hear me okay? We can hear you. Okay. Um, so Brian, that was a great presentation. Thank you for putting all that data together. Um, the one thing you, know, you were discussing, you were talking about uh, what can we put together to let the world know that we need money and, and trees and other uh, items? Um, the, the, there's one process that the Urban Forestry Council is responsible for, and that's an annual report. And that's supposed to be on the supervisor's, board of supervisor's desk by first week of September, which was a few weeks ago. And I and the public would probably like to see that as well, to see what the state of San Francisco's trees is. I personally would like to review that. So is there, are, are you on track to get that submitted fairly soon, uh, Urban Forestry Council members, or is it gonna drag on like you did last year for like five or six months? I think the sooner we get that together, 
and codify, you know, put all of our ideas together about what we need, the better off we'll be. And hopefully the newspapers will pick it up and publish it and people can all get behind this. So I'd appreciate a response to that um, by anybody on the board. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. And seeing no additional callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. And with the chair's permission, we can proceed to item seven. Yeah, please do. Okay. Item seven is annual update and discussion on SF tree planting budget. The speaker is Nicholas Crawford, Department of Public Works, Vice Chair of the Urban Forestry Council. This item is an informational update and discussion. Thanks, Kyle. Can you enable share? I will share my slides. I want to say thanks to Brian for his presentation. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for how much Brian has learned about this uh, in his um, short uh, term so far as the executive director. So uh, a lot of respect for that and appreciate all that information and hope we can make progress on, on those goals. I think some of the things I'll talk about will dovetail with that, but I'll also talk about some more um, specific things for our our city's budget within uh, Bureau of Urban Forestry. So to introduce myself, I'm the acting superintendent. Uh, well, our regular superintendent is serving as the interim director of the department. And I last came to the council to speak about this, I think in February 2021. And I was looking at my, my slides from that before and kind of surprised how um how dire things looked uh at that time we were we were pretty worried about what funding was going to come out and uh fortunately we we did get funding uh that we didn't expect last year and um i'll be able to provide updates on what we got this year so i'll recap this is the same same slide that i shared a year and a half ago we're in the middle of the same two-year budget cycle but uh in the last week or two, we've been meeting and reviewing the 10-year cost estimates. The Urban Forest Master Plan uh, called for 6,000 trees uh, a year to meet our goal. We've been behind on that, so we're now calling for 8,000 to be able to, to meet that goal without pushing the timeline back even further. One of the one of the big things that Brian mentioned too is the establishment period watering trees for three years is a huge part of the cost. Um, and I, fortunately that part has not been growing um, as a cost component. We've been able to keep that under control, but the, uh, the new tree planting costs have definitely gone up and our outreach costs. So I think over the coming years, we're gonna see some, some revisions to this. Uh, a big factor in that is uh, is the the outreach. We've planted out a lot of the areas that we're most excited to have trees. And if you've worked with Friends of the Urban Forest over the years, you've probably seen 
many of those those uh, volunteer locations were centered in um, uh, parts of the city that already had a lot of trees and wanted more trees, and that was great. Where you know, plant where people want want them planted, but as we move to planting in other parts of the city, we are we have a lot more um, groundwork to do to talk to folks about benefits of trees. Uh, we we have a, a burden on us to to prove that we're going to follow through on the care for them, um, and and address some of the very real concerns about um, like what what that tree is going to to impact in terms of parking or additional work with leaf litter cleanup. Um, but also speaking to the benefits with reduced air conditioning needs, uh, lowering utility bills. I think that that's something we're not good at communicating and, and we're gonna need to do a lot more of. So to talk about uh, our current funding sources, I'll look at last year versus this year. So uh, this is in thousands. So $1,500 is really 1.5 million. So uh, the current fiscal year, we're, we're expecting to get 1.5 million. We just went through the final approval of that. Uh, it was delayed a few months, but that's, that funding source has been extremely valuable to us. It's stable, it comes from uh, Prop K, which Brian mentioned is going up for renewal this fall, but it's a, it's a sales tax that goes towards supporting transportation. and most of that money goes towards what you would associate with transportation, like MTA, transit, things like that. But there's also money um, that that's for tree planting as a mitigation or offset. And that that has gone a long way at, um, at providing recurring, reliable funding for tree planting and watering. So we're very grateful for Prop K. Uh, but over the long term, I, I think that they're looking to, to focus their efforts on transit specifically. They're getting a lot of callers during their, their meetings saying they shouldn't be planting or funding tree planting, that they should focus on other things. I would encourage anyone who disagrees to, to provide a counterpoint. Uh, but I, I am not in a position for advocacy. I, I, I'm working. Uh, for the voters. So the second line item there is capital uh, COP. So when we say COP, I think of it like as a coupon essentially, but what's happening is oh, we're, we're doing work, we're spending money, and then a uh, uh, the city goes out and borrows the money to pay for that or reimburse those, those costs. This is a big step because to say we're going to spend $2 million last year on on planting in the Bayview and we're willing to borrow money for that uh, meant meant that there is extra emphasis being placed on that. And if you can think back a year and a half ago, uh, Bayview as a um, community had, had received a lot fewer uh, city services for decades and the mayor prioritized uh, rectifying that. And you can see a lot of, of, of things happening there with things, things like 
Southeast Community Center coming online. It looks spectacular. A lot of trees planted there. Uh, and, and other Bayview-focused efforts, including Rec Park, putting in a massive uh, new park there. Uh, I appreciate that, that energy, and I think it's a chance for um, addressing some, some generational um, uh, ignorance for, on behalf of the city or for caring for, their, for that community. So that was not renewed this year. We're still spending that $2 million. And uh, we, we try not to spend it all in the first year because we need to reserve money to keep on uh, watering trees. But also, when you give us $2 million in a lump sum, uh, we have to spin up the, the outreach efforts and start doing things on the ground. So we were able to factor that money into uh, Friends of the Urban Forest grant and uh, the, the Clean City grant so that Buff could do um, outreach and planting and Clean City could do watering. So I'm really proud of how trees have been looking in Bayview. The, um, we did a big planting, uh, excuse me, pruning push. So all things considered, uh, the state of affairs with trees in Bayview has improved for sure, but there's tons of uh, available planting sites that we have yet to, to plant out. And then city planning, our capital planning had citywide tree planting of 500,000 last year and 400,000 this year. So when folks outside of Bayview ask for tree planting, I have to be honest and say, we have limited funds for the rest of the city. We have to focus on these priority areas and that, that's been difficult, especially since we had to pause our property owner um, watering or the planting for, for folks who are willing to water their own trees. We paused that and then resumed that, like I shared over the last several meetings. So the exciting thing this year is that uh, the, the city responded to our request. We wanted to plant in Tenderloin, Soma, Civic Center. Uh, we're doing a large tree removal um, project around the main library and yesterday another large ficus fell and the second one was on its way over you may have seen the mayhem over there uh, but we're we're recognizing the impacts of the loss of, of trees there and also the the thin canopy that is in those neighborhoods and we asked for funding to, to plant more there and we are getting it so there's also other other efforts happening there, like the uh, Tenderloin uh, Transgender District is uh, partnering with, with planting. There's a lot happening for planting in that area. And this, this funding this year is gonna help uh, us respond to that. In some others, uh, CBDs, like uh, West Soma CBD, that would like to water if we can plant and support their um, sidewalk gardening efforts. So we're, we're here to, to meet that need. Uh, next item is IPIC. So this stands for the impact fees that, that come from developments. And last year we, we got 100,000, pretty much every year we were getting 100,000 uh, for planting or sidewalk gardens in the Market Octavia area. Unfortunately, with COVID, a lot of those projects got delayed and they do not have the money coming in 
to be able to distribute that. So the, that that was supporting a lot of Fluff Sidewalk Garden efforts recently, and there's zero dollars being dispersed this year for for that. Uh, we expect that that'll come back to life, but it, it's really driven by uh, project completion and um, developments paying into that. And then finally, our adopted tree fund. So this is where we put our money, or we put the money that uh, we get from in lieu fees or fines. So if we issue a fine, our inspectors um, collect that money, and then it goes into our adopted tree fund. And we did not have much in there uh, for a long time, and we've been able to uh, build up what I lovingly call a war chest of planting and watering money and last year we didn't spend any of it but now uh, we're planning to spend 1.6 million of that on planting and watering so this is uh this is sort of our last resort we, we only want to dip into this um, when we've spent other sources and we also want to save some money in there so that if one year i don't get any of this like Prop K stops funding us and capital planning has a bad year and they can't give us two and a half or $2.4 million. We need to be able to keep trees alive. So that's that's been our, our reserve, but we don't wanna have an unnecessarily large reserve. So if we, have, um, if we have enough saved away for a rainy day, we'll start planting. So I made this chart and I I hope that this helps. I Many times I do things and it just makes things more complicated or raises more questions. But I'll explain this to the best of my ability. But we have a lot of funding sources coming in on the left, and then we have several ways that we spend it on the right. So uh, this is all in thousands of dollars, so consistent with the previous slide. But you can see the, the Prop K money coming in, the sales tax, transportation money, carry forward, which is leftover funding from things like the Bayview money that we got last year, uh, the citywide capital planting money, the capital money for Tenderloin and Soma, the Adopt-a-Tree funding, and then there's two addbacks that were specifically for tree planting. There were other addbacks for greening, which we can probably use for tree planting, and um, I, I just put these because it will definitely plant trees with uh, the D5 and D8 addbacks. So these are things that supervisors are are committing funds towards. There's, they're making it a priority in their own district, and uh, we appreciate that and want to deliver. So I just want to clarify that it's not a, um, a an immediate connection. The way it looks on this chart, it looks like Prop K and Carry Forward fund Friends of the Urban Forest, but that's not intentional. It's just lining up that way. So the, the money comes into uh, into our department and then based on how the money can be used, what it's eligible for, we share that with our grant partners and with our internal crews. So I'll go through that on the right. Friends of the Urban Forest has a $2.5 million uh, grant with us. This does not mean that we write a check for two and a half million. But every time we get an invoice from them of eligible expenses, we pay that invoice um, up to that amount. So 
it's unlikely that our grant partners spend every dollar. It's um, it's usually up to that amount. If they have a staffing shortage and they can't do it, they can't um, uh, find folks to do all the things that they want to do uh, and that we're willing to pay for, then there's leftover money which becomes carry forward for the next year. Uh, Clean City has a, a $2.1 million grant with us for this year. Uh, this is, shows a lot of growth for them because we're asking them to water a lot more trees. Uh, we added, I think, about 800 trees to their list um, between nine months ago and what we think they'll have in about three or four months. And then we have a commercial planting and watering contract. So we spent, I think, 100000 uh, last year on a on one of these, we issued it to a, a vendor and they did everything. They USAID the sites for underground utilities, planted the trees and are watering weekly. And that was a huge relief for us. Folks who wanted trees but couldn't water them, we were able to add them to this list. So only planting 100 trees doesn't get us very far, but it was a proof of concept. It worked out really well for our team. So we're going to scale that up and try to do four times as many uh, this coming year. And then our buff planting and watering, uh, I have 1.5 million programmed for that. And I think last year they spent 1.4. So we're hoping that we can have fuller staffing this year. It's been tough um, getting enough getting enough staff to, to do this. Um, our hiring has been very slow and people have trickled out through retirements and transfers. Uh, it's a pretty common theme throughout the city. And then I have some unprogrammed uh, 38,000 that we, we could spend um, depending on how things go. But uh, I just, I think I already mentioned this, but just to share too that some of these projects are multi-year efforts we don't want to spend all the money in the first year. We, we want to do that initial planting with a lot of expenses and outreach associated, but then save funding to keep um, keep watering those until they establish. So is Buff asking for more planting funding? This is a common question. Um, I've, I've heard this asked a number of times. Well, why don't you ask for more funding? We are asking for more funding. And the good news is that uh, we have John Sway on our team as our contracts and grants manager, and he's doing an awesome job with writing grants. Um, his his grants seem to resonate really well with the the funding partners, and we're we're getting a lot of state money this year, which is spectacular. Uh, Two and a half million for our. Uh, for our street tree nursery, we have a, a field site or a field meeting coming up with uh, another state grant partner. We got word a couple weeks ago that our federal grant application through the Vanguard Cities program uh, is promising that they put aside one and a half billion dollars uh, for cities for tree planting, and we're one of those Vanguard cities. So we're we're excited that that's coming to fruition. Um, 
I'm not announcing the announcement. I don't know if, if that's actually happening, uh, but it's promising that those things are, are advancing. So in our, um, in our plan, the urban forest plan, we, we identified funding sources that we knew we were getting and an unfunded need of, of 300 million. So we still have this huge gap that Brian is talking about. Even if we have one year with six million, six and a half million, or yeah, this year, six and a half million dollars uh, between all of our funding sources, we're still short by one and a half million. And we are, um, we've been chronically short, so we have ground to cover. So uh, we can quantify some of this in our um, capital plan. You can see uh, these numbers are also in thousands of dollars. So this line towards the bottom street tree maintenance and sidewalk repair, th this is the projected funding, um, assuming that grows over time. And we are almost right on track with what we expect we need for um, tree tree maintenance, which was the plan. That was what Street Tree SF was funded to do. And then we have street tree planting and establishment. So if we if we only get one and a half million, um, and the good news is that we're getting more more than that. Um, but if, if we only got Prop K, uh, we would have this deferred uh, amount of of five hundred million dollars um, over ten years. So that that speaks to the the scale of the of the the issue. So our planting strategy document, which Brian mentioned, is on our website. I recommend uh, catching up on that. We're going to keep revising that because our tree removal numbers are quite a bit lower than what we had projected for um, for, for for the purposes of this planting strategy. We thought that we would spend a lot more time replacing removals and the good news is that um that that's that's not happening at the pace we were um, projecting so we'll keep adjusting that refining that and i do want to reflect what we're actually getting funded so it gives us a clearer clearer picture but i'll open this up for any questions or if you'd like me to elaborate or clarify anything Nick, this is Damon PUC. Uh, utility question for you regarding the watering of all the trees. The contracts that you put out, does that include the cost of water? Is the water being offered for free to subsidize the contract to get more watering done? And what source of water are you using? Are you using reclaimed water, uh, drinking water? Is it uh, fire hydrant extraction? Or are you pulling from the bay? Do you, do you have any of those... Um, any of those answers? No, we didn't specify in the in the contract with them how to um, or where to get the water or how we would um, pay for that. It would be on that contractor's responsibility. But for uh, Clean City, they they do have a um, uh, they they do get it from from fire hydrants. And they have a, a permit and report that to the PUC for the water that they're getting. So it, the other sources, um, 
uh, recycled water, which is available at the Moscone Center and I think UM Plaza. Uh, the challenge is that only city staff are able to access it at those locations. And if it's not near one of our watering routes, it, it's it's just extra fuel to traverse the city and fill up at one of those locations. So until we have more recycled water outlets available for our city staff, I think uh, we'll have to keep having our employees fill up at, at fire hydrants too. So what I what I what I gather from that is the contracts that go out to do the watering, you're not 100% sure where that water's coming from, but I imagine that the cost of the water is being reflected in the contract price. Correct. Okay, thank you. Yeah, they could be filling up at their yard or something or shop and then heading out, but I didn't I didn't specify how that would happen in the contract. Well, I'm happy to have a brief item. We can move on to the next one. Oh, yes. Hey, hi. What's up? Hi. Sorry. Um, just a quick question regarding um, commercial planting uh, and watering. Uh, um, is this specifically certain neighborhood, like commercial neighborhoods, or any? Resident, you mentioned residents that can't take care of the trees or watering on their own, but they wanted to have a tree there. So that's when they apply for this program. And also, uh, just a side question regarding planting tree on sidewalk uh, uh, with Fuff or, or you guys. Uh, is it, can the, like, since it's a city, uh, sidewalk like the southeast corridor people don't want to have a tree but it's the city sidewalk can we do you have a way i mean do we just put a tree there without the homeowner consent so you have to have a homeowner consent in front of the house to to, to plant a tree yeah uh good questions for the um for the contractor planting list what we've had inspectors do is uh, log in our tree database when someone requests a tree. So if uh, if there's someone who's interested in that they would support having a tree, we know it wouldn't be a, a battle. And it's also in an area that's consolidated so our contractor can, can water a group of trees together. Uh, we, that's what we wanna do. And the third lens that we try to look at it with is um, where where we need the trees. So if we can can plant in a low canopy area where people have requested a tree and in a, a cluster that makes for a good watering route, because we're talking 150 watering visits, we, will, we don't want them to be driving all over. It would drive up the bid cost. So the, that's that's how we've um, put together those planting lists, but uh, it's all it was only a hundred trees, so it was very very small. As we scale up, uh, we're we're gonna um, we're gonna need more locations and uh, keep looking at it with that with those three perspectives, if that makes sense. Can I follow up on that question? Yes. Um, yes. 
did Ty, did you have something that you wanted to ask follow up? Oh, uh, just in that uh, regarding um, can can we the city put down any tree in front of any sidewalk regardless oh, of yeah, yeah. owner's consent? Yes, I um, I will be sure to answer that. Um, Spencer, was your I'm follow up sorry. related to the, the first question? Oh, oh no, it, it, it was turned. Um, oh, Lou, sorry. Yeah, um, I yeah. So if you went back to that slide, so you're you're saying that the cost for that hundred trees was four hundred thousand dollars. Is that right? Uh, right. Is that? Do you feel like that's the cost going forward for for this, or is this something that you imagine will come down in price significantly for the cost per tree? Yeah, I it it was a pilot really because we wanted to see what what we got for bids and we went with the lowest bidder. We didn't get a lot of bids. Um I I think someone committing to just watering a hundred trees it was um was on the low side of the economies of scale for them. Uh and if they have two hundred or four hundred trees that that they're watering, could our pricing get get better and better? We tried to frame the watering or the the contract specs to be um, pretty pretty appealing for a, a contractor um, to jump on it and agree to do it uh, while still being able to hold them accountable, w replacing trees that get lost, for instance. Um, but it is kind of sobering if if our costs are aren't really twenty two eighty for to plant and water a tree and it's really four thousand. Uh, we're going to need almost twice as much money to scale up. That, that's pretty um, intimidating. But uh, at the same time, if, if that's the reality, we need to adjust accordingly. So. Uh, I think this the second year with with them, we'll see if those costs come down um, in a in a future bid. But if if they stay high, we'll we'll keep doing it the way we've been doing it with grant partners because um, it's a more efficient use of of city resources. And just just to add to that, do you have you don't have capacity within Buff to to actually have labor internal that would even make that cost even less expensive right now we we don't have enough um staff to to really plant at scale and the hiring has been so slow I, i'm not optimistic that this is going to be the year but perhaps down the road um the the other reason why grant partners can bring the cost down is because we're not seeing the full cost um if fuff is getting cal fire money um for the same tree that they're planting that helps defray our costs. So even though the, the total cost is more, uh, we're not we're not bearing all of that, which uh, I think is something that we could better quantify. But um, I don't I don't always see the that total picture. And certainly volunteer labor is donated, so that helps defray. So, uh, Ty, oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, um, Ty, to your question about can we just plant 
um, in front of someone's house or business? Um, technically, yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, if it's the public right of way and it meets our planting criteria, we can and and we do. Um, I think that we temper that with with some reality where if we're asking a volunteer organization and FUF is sending out three volunteers to the front of a house uh, on a Saturday, they're not equipped to to fight with the property owner and say like, you're getting a tree, like it or not, like that would be terrifying for them. And uh, it's not how we want to set them up. So it, for FUF with volunteers, they want to do it uh, with outreach and the neighbor's support. They know that if if someone is engaged and they believe in having a tree, uh, they're going to do everything they can to take care of it. And if they feel like they're being burdened with this, they there's no incentive and they you might come back a year later and that tree is gone and um, there's some homemade concrete over the basin and it's it's just wasted effort and resources so that's where balancing the like outreach is is important so that we're not wasting the that but the flip side is if we let everyone who wants to defer a tree planting then we don't make progress on our goals and we're, we're being measured by that so there there are times where we're going to send our staff to plant a tree or we may empower FUF to to do that and pair it with our inspectors sending a letter or something like that. Um, but that's a switch that uh, we're in the middle of making as FUF has planted out a lot of the sites where people are looking for trees and now we're moving into that that area where, where we wanna encourage you to have a tree and then someday down the road, we're going to be uh, battling with folks who don't want a tree and think that um, uh, we should take a hike. So um, that hopefully that gives you um, an answer on, uh, on your question. Yeah, yeah, I thank you for the uh, for the answer. I, I agree. Uh, we don't want to put something um, in front of people's house when people don't. I'm just thinking just in actually, I actually live in the Bayview, so there's a lot of potential like sidewalks and just like no man's land, kind of like big space. I say, well, it would be great to have a tree there. And this, yeah, uh, I, I think there is a lot of like potential sidewalks mm -hmm. out here. Uh, it is about education and, and uh, Yes, and and people sometimes it's, it's it's outreach. Sometimes people don't even know that they can request the city for the planet tree. So uh, mm -hmm. I think it's an effort for for the, an outreach to to, to the neighborhood. Um, I, yeah, I know you. Uh, it's it's uh, right. you guys are really understaffed, and and um, yeah, but but I uh, with when we when we think about. Uh, I think uh, Brian brought up equities uh, neighborhood, and I wasn't sure. Like, is it just specific to the neighborhood? Uh, what 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 equity uh, lens are they looking at uh, regarding um, you know 
canopy, which is what we are, I think we all agree that the southeast corridor, southeast corridor really need to have uh, more, more canopy coverage. Yeah, so um, anyway, thank you for, for, yeah. for your presentation and, and your answer my question. And a lot of land area in, in the southeast is covered by uh, some some big stakeholders like the housing authority uh, and and PUC and um, even federal like the post office building for instance and over time as as uh, projects like Hope SF or Sunnydale uh, as they go through uh, reconstruction there's a lot of new trees being planted as part of that and our inspectors are are working with with them but uh, uh it's it, it's not something that just one entity can really um, influence it's all of us working together and just one more question on the irrigation front and the cost have you it, it's sounds like your strategy has been to kind of outsource it with the hope that that would drive costs down with competition is do you have you thought more about any other incentives to to drive irrigation innovations um that would help because the am i am i correct there people are just moving around with a tank and filling bags on the trees right anything that you investigated that could improve that process when we do the streetscape improvements uh just as some examples, you may have seen Masonic or Potrero or Cesar Chavez. Uh, when when that happens, uh, a lot of um, trees are planted with irrigation, and it's functional when we um, when we receive those trees for maintenance after a three year establishment period, uh, and it's totally fine if the irrigation breaks after three years those trees are established enough um, if a car runs over one or gets diseased or something then we'll have to replace it and hand water it but it helps with getting a, a lot of trees in the ground and and established and same thing with uh, some of the corridors downtown you You've probably seen some of those streetscape enhancements with irrigation and trees get rolling and then irrigation breaks and it's not worth carrying up the street to fix the lines going under there. But uh, that's that's been one of the big tools for um, planting in some of those very challenging high traffic areas. And for the rest of the city, we, we haven't been able to beat watering with the watering truck uh, because of all of the conflicts and the the challenges of getting meters and irrigation and uh, we have a, a lot of um, street activity where folks will quickly tap into irrigation and uh, use it for their own purposes so uh, that that's been a very real challenge which I don't have to tell anyone working in uh, that the green green industry in San Francisco about so I uh, I think that recently what what we're focusing on is what can we do with electric trucks electric pumps larger capacity pumps um, 
that are quieter, easier for our staff to work with rather than gas pumps that are noisy and uh, have a lot of wear and tear when you're full starting an engine. So I think that that's the next phase, but I'm op certainly open to bigger picture solutions and I get a lot of LinkedIn messages about tree diapers and things like that, uh, different innovations for, um, for watering bags. Nick, I got a question for you. As I'm hearing you speak, I, there's definitely a lot of challenges. There's the technical challenges, but then there's a lot of the social challenges. Just wondering if there's any, um, if we're looking into putting any investments into like that educational side of things, both like, you know, educating people how to water, when to water, et cetera, or collecting people to kind of like pull the information of where to plant trees, where are the needs at, Where the needs and you know, listening to the community and, and letting them mm -hmm. where they want trees. So, for us, we we had a public information officer who did a lot of our outreach communications, and they left during COVID. I think genuinely think they got burnt out because they were on a. A uh, special assignment with uh, public health as a disaster service worker, and did an incredible job. But in that absence, we we really didn't have a person doing the outreach and communications exclusively. And a couple months ago, we rehired uh, that position, and the new person is fantastic. They have tons of energy. They've got a whiteboard filled with like projects, so they're going to revamp our our website and. Uh, they're they're writing newsletter articles. We're getting a lot, um, a lot more traction there. Uh, I think that I'm trying to to figure out what what we can do with the levers that we have because I can't pay for a billboard or muni buses or something like that to just go around with the messaging. But some of the things that we could do like uh, with with uh, media writing articles about things that we're trying to do or highlighting some of the opportunities with tree planting, I, I think uh, stands out. But uh, it, it, on our website, for instance, the inspectors are, are putting together materials for what they're calling a contractor's corner to give a contractor like a one shot or one, what am I trying to say, at a glance, a uh, place for all of the resources with tree planting. And I think expanding that so that if if it were a member of the public or a property owner trying to figure out what are their options, um, we could have those questions answered. So I, I really don't have um, much beyond that. I think that's a weakness for us that so we could do a lot more outreach, but uh, I've also seen our, our grant partners like FUF being really valuable assets for for doing a lot of that outreach. If you got ideas, so she'll send send them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all ears. 
Um, well, one thing that just comes to me, and I think this is just something in the city overall, is this translation need. Um, so, and, and yeah. I feel yeah, a bus is is a good way, but if you don't have the funding, that's why I was asking if there's any projection or, or you know, as you look at future funding options and, and including interpretation services or translation services for some of this information, whether it's you know, I, I, the website would be a good start because I feel that's the easiest to at least consolidate information, but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean it's being distributed. So and that's that's a whole different team. It's like the social dynamics of trying to change something. Um, it's just as important as the technical dynamics. Yeah, that's a good point. We've, we've got translation support in-house with um, Spanish and Chinese language, but uh, we've done that for some of our public-facing things like door hangers. But uh, we could we could do much or not not some of our postings. But I think that that's more about a, a compliance. Like we we have to notify people about these things. But um, what you're getting at is like getting the word out and sort of educating people informing and and sparking that excitement uh, is something that we haven't done with uh, translation yeah I, as you were talking right now i just thought about like um updated tree planting sites or wherever trees are planting just including some sort of information of where the tree came from or just a way for people to track um that information just as if, if they're interested um, or, you know, if there's some vandalism or whatnot on tree, they have a way to report it. Yeah. Well, I think our public information officer tuned into this meeting today so they'll be taking that that back uh, and some of our inspectors i think are listening in too so we're all ears thank you thanks for the opportunity to share yeah if there's no more uh comment i think uh, we can maybe uh kyle open it to public thank you chair sullivan and i do want to note that member sullivan had to leave the meeting but we do still have a quorum Member Salvador was able to join us as well. Hey, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the speaker queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. We do have one caller in the queue. Hello, caller. You are unmuted. Your three minutes begins now. Okay. Hi, this is uh, Lance Carnes again. I just checked the attendee list, and I'm the only member of the public who tunes into these meetings. 
far as I know today. Um, Nick Crawford presented quite a bit of interesting data there, most of it that he pointed to and annotated as he went. But um, I was curious if we could get that data uh, out to the public so that we could uh, take a look at it and discover, you know, what's what's going on with our funding and uh, grants, et cetera. Um, so that's, uh, and as far as um, um, tree watering, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to report that yesterday, uh, Thursday, um, there was a tree in North Beach where I live, District 3, that uh, was on the verge of keeling over and a bunch of us went out there to try to fix it. And it, during that time, but by the time we got there, the uh, tree had failed and the city had removed it. So I, I'm, I'm actually probably one of the few people in the city who goes around and actually audits tree watering. And uh, in District 3, it's very poor. Uh, we've lost one, two, three trees to um, lack of water um, spring of this year. And yesterday we lost a fourth tree due to lack of water, I believe. And uh, I, I wondered if you could set up some sort of a, you know, there's probably neighborhood groups that would uh, fund somebody to go around and, and check the watering and make sure the trees are good. Um, so that that's a possibility. I, I just do it because I like trees and want to make sure they're taken care of. So. Um, so that's two things. I think I think one thing is to you know we should audit the watering we do, and number two, I think we should get um, Nick's data and publish it uh, with all of his comments included, so that we know what's going on. And um, you know I'll just be a broken record and say that I think the UF, UFC is long overdue with its annual report. I think we should get that out immediately. So thank you. Take care. Thank you for your comment. And seeing no additional callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. And with the chair's permission, we can proceed to item A. Yeah, let's proceed, please. Okay, the next item is item A, committee reports. This item is for discussion. First, there's the planning and funding committee followed by the Landmark Tree Ad Hoc Committee. Okay, I will step in and provide the um, the report for planning and funding. So we met in, uh, let me pull up my note here, September 6th, and uh, we had two substantive items. One, um, we had a, a presentation from uh, Buff. Um, to, all I remember from that meeting was really Jesus's presentation. <laughs> um, but uh, we, Jesus talked about um, the annual report, annual urban forest report and uh, presenting the, uh, did I join late? Uh, I deferred it. <laughs> I think that's why. Fuff wasn't Not. able to make it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Last minute. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I feel like 
how did I miss that? So uh, Hasty spoke about the the um, uh, report. So this is a new year, new staff person. Jesus is going to carry over um, the the data points that, that we've been tracking over the years so that we have that body of data, um, but also in incorporate some new information or some new analyses. Um, I, I think he was asking basically how far could he go with, with some of that and the feedback from, uh, from us as a committee was, you know, add some new things that's great but let's continue the, the 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 historical things so that we can see those trends over the years um and then also um encouraged outreach to help folks who are struggling with it or follow up on on sending in their um responses so that uh we can get that on a timely basis so uh that was it. that was it for the the meeting and then I'll, I'll let you know when it gets rescheduled for the buff item and i do think just i was going to add that i think there was a some discussion about um both uh sidewalk plantings and trying to look at a future item to bring some i think it was um Eldico, the um Native Plant Society and some of the work that they've been doing as uh, see what if there's a way to bring you know a presentation to the full council. And I think we'd also talked about potentially doing some reach out to us, groups like Poder or other community based groups that are doing an individual neighborhood scale um, um, urban forest tree plantings or tree maintenance and watering and things like that. So those are a couple of other uh, kind of items that we were hoping to schedule maybe for the next meeting. Uh, was there a um, uh, time mark tree meeting since the last full council? Can Jesus give that update? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, um, so we, there has not been a um, landmark uh, meeting, but um, I don't think it's been reported here. Um, for a while, the California Buckeye on McAllister uh, did receive its landmark designation, and um, the Cork Oak um, recommendation has moved forward to the full board um, for for a vote there. So things have been moving along happily. That's it. We can maybe Kyle open up for. Uh, I think we have to do public comment on this. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed.
with the chair's permission, we can proceed to item nine. Let's proceed. Okay, item nine is staff report on recent work performed by the urban forestry program on behalf of the urban forestry council. The speaker is Jesus Lozano, urban forestry council coordinator. This item is for discussion. Again, um, I guess I'll start by addressing um, Lance's question. Sorry, I tried to respond to you in your first comment. Just my microphone was not working. Um, we are working on the annual urban forest report. We have about half of um, the responses turned in, um, and we are in correspondence with other folks trying to make sure that there isn't any problems getting that turned in. Um, thank you for those of you that report here on the council for having done so. Um, we've also onboarded our um, fellow Lucia, who is assisting in um, a good amount of um, the, the reporting that's being done there, helping with that data management. Uh, on top of that, I think, um, as mentioned before, we are I'm reaching out to a few folks to uh, get them to join some upcoming meetings. Um, I think maybe later today I have a call with um, someone from Mission Verde to talk specifically about um, neighborhood watering. Um, and for the next um, planning and funding meeting, we should have a couple of more presenters from Friends of the Urban Forest, um, specifically the outreach team um, and the, the planting team on more. Um, more small scale items than than um, Brian's presentation today. Can't think of anything else right now, but yep. Yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. Thanks, Jesus. Um, we're opening uh, for our public comment. Thank you, Chair Sullivan. Um, and I do want to note that Member Potter has exit the meeting. Uh, we do still have a quorum, although we are right at quorum. So if you do need to leave, uh, please do let us know. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue. Those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And seeing no calls from the queue, public comment on this item is closed. And with the chair's permission, we can proceed to item 10. Yep. Okay, item 10 is Urban Forestry Council member announcements. This item is for discussion.
I will just throw out um, the um, American Society of Landscape Architects are holding their annual meeting and conference here in San Francisco in November, November 11th to the 14th. So um, there'll likely be lots of interesting kind of tours and other things associated with that going on. So if folks are interested, it's again, it's a landscape architecture focused conference, but it's a it's a large uh, national conference. So there's some interesting interesting programs and I'll be attending. So I report back and see if there's any um, any good programs I've uh, attended. There's no other to do public. I think we do public comment on this as well. Uh, I was going to welcome everyone to fall. So happy fall 2022. Yeah. Okay. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. With the chair's permission, we can proceed to item 11. Yep, please. Okay, item 11 is new business future agenda items. This item is for discussion. Council members can introduce new items for future consideration by the council. I think Jesus, I think kind of covered this, but you know, based there's been several comments both in the planning and funding and in our council meetings over the last couple of months just about their um, annual report and um, updates on it. So uh, we might want to potentially have a just a, a quick update item on that next time if necessary. But that was all I had. If anyone else has future comments beyond what we, I mean, future business beyond what we discussed. Um, just the only thing that I got as like a new um, item from today's discussions is uh, to agendize um, to part in a formal resolution for tree planting funding. And yeah, thank you. I'll be following up with you, Andrew, on that. Well, if there's no other comment, I think we can open it for public. No. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. 
With the chair's permission, we can proceed to item 12. Yeah, please do. Okay, item 12 is adjournment. The meeting is adjourned. The time is 10.37 a.m. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. See you. Have a good weekend. Thanks, everyone. You too. Everyone.